Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. On this week's show, we're going to speak with the Pima Association of Government's Senior Transportation Planner, David Mitchell. We're talk about PAG's role in our community and how we can uh, do our part to make Tucson more bike and pedestrian friendly. Today is October 17th. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social cultural and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to U-Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, available for streaming at downtownradio.org, and you can also have us on your iPhone or Android if you head over to your app store and get the Downtown Radio Tucson app. And on the show here, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. That's also our URL with all the past episodes. If you're savvy, you can ask your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. I'm not sure if you have to be that savvy. But you can also find us anywhere, just about anywhere you find your normal podcast. Well, today's show is going to be about transportation and biking and we are about one month away from the El Tor de Tucson return to downtown scheduled for November 20th of this year and just as a reminder this is going to block some roads in the downtown area and um, you know personally it's something I hope you have a little patience with because many of the riders are supporting local nonprofits and millions of dollars it gets raised over the years for our local nonprofits as well as the economic impact of people coming to Tucson for this ride if you want to check out the route or any of the details maybe even register for one of the different destinations or the fun ride if you want to volunteer if you just want to hang out at the uh, festival there at the start and finish lines head over to their website El Tour de Tucson org, And uh, we'll see you on the roads. And as we uh, talk about roads today, we're going to talk about non-vehicle transportation as well. We had an opportunity to talk with the Pima Association of Governments. Their moniker is PAG, P-A-G. And their lead transportation specialist, David Mitchell, is... Um, Joining us here in a few minutes, we've got a recorded interview talking about some of the impact of this regional planning group here in Tucson and the surrounding areas, and also a little help from the public on an annual survey where your input and your efforts for just a couple of hours could make a big difference as the uh, cities and towns around us start planning for their growth in pedestrian and cycling activities. I had a chance to sit down with David just a few days ago and uh, catch us up on PAG. My name is David Mitchell. I'm a senior transportation planner locally here at Pima Association of Governments. We go by the, the name PAG. And I'm, I'm here today to promote our bicycle and pedestrian account that we're doing. All right. Well, we will definitely get into that because that's the, the focus of our call. But can you start? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Are, are you from Tucson and, and how did you get involved with, with, with PAG to begin with? 
Yes, I'm, I'm from the area. I grew up in, in Sierra Vista and, and traveled to Tucson pretty much regularly to do shopping and, and have weekend family excursions. Uh, and then uh, graduated high school and went to University of Arizona and uh, obtained my undergraduate and graduate degrees. And I came across uh, PAG through an internship in my, in my um, graduate program. I, um, I, I became an intern and, and learned about the agency there. And when I went job searching, that was one of the places that had an opening and uh, everything worked out. So you're one of those uh, college graduates that we, uh, we try to train and then keep here locally so we don't lose the brain power. Yeah, you, you make it sound like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a rarity, but I, you know, I, I love Tucson. I love the area and there's, there's, there's nothing uh, out there to take me away. Well, I think maybe 15, 20 years ago you were a rarity. It seemed like we were losing so much of our talent from the University of Arizona. Uh, and now it's, it's certainly seeming like we're, we're able to keep the talent in town and even attract people from other places. So that's, it's a very positive trend in my mind. Oh, I, I agree. And, and, and I, I see it in the job growth in, in the region. We, we see it in our, our VMT, which is a vehicle miles traveled. Uh, the, the population's growing. Um, all in all, it's, it's a great place to live, and I, I think the, the best is still yet to come. I think so, too. And, and I, don't, I don't know how other municipalities work, but it seems like in the Tucson area, we have a lot of different uh, competing organizations that have some uh, oversight over a piece or uh, a larger chunk of the, of the region. And I'm assuming that's where, where, where PAG comes into play. You're sort of the, um, where they all, they all sort of mesh together. Right. Yeah. Well, there's there's different regional organizations. Uh, there's obviously this the state has its interest, the county has their interest, but there's also the likes of Sun Corridor um, and our agency, where we are a metropolitan planning organization. That is a, a federal designation for a city of our size. Uh, we're also a, a, a council of governments. So, so what that means is that all of our local jurisdictions are the city of Tucson, the town of Marana. Uh, town of War Valley and Sarita, um, the, the county has a seat, all, and the two tribes also have, have a seat. But uh, all of our our jurisdictions have a membership on our board, and they make uh, decisions and policy that pertain to regional matters that aren't defined by geographic boundaries. And uh, what I mean by that is um, things such as climate control, uh, water runoff, little, uh, traffic, uh, driving. Those types of things are, are not always defined by roadways, and so there sometimes needs to be a regional approach to to uh, to do planning and and, and oversight of, of, of such matters. And, and that's one of my primary focuses, and, and our, one of the big biggest things that PAG does is transportation planning for the region. So with the the RTA, uh, that's that was a voter approved initiative. Does that does that go through PAG, or, or how is that connected through your organization? Yes, uh, we we are separate entities. Uh, the RTA, that's the Regional Transportation Authority, and that's a state-established taxing district within the, the county boundaries. Um, it's governed by an independent board, um, and the RTA is managed by PAG, so that's where the connection is. PAG manages it, but it's run independently by its own board. The RTA is a a twenty-year RTA uh, a twenty-year multimodal plan. Voters approved in 2006, and that's what funds a lot of our local roadway, major roadway projects. PAC serves as a pass-through for, for government funding, so for federal and state dollars 
are divvied out through our agency and and then issued to the uh, jurisdictions through our um, through our programming practice. That's our transportation improvement program. Okay. So we have a, a, a five-year plan that programs all of the transportation projects that are in our longer-range plan. That's a 20 to 25-year horizon. That's our 2045 regional mobility and accessibility plan. Okay. So, and so if I understand correctly, you're not just talking about um, roadways and interchanges. Your, your, your plan is looking at, um, like, uh, would, would electric vehicles fit into that and, and, and the infrastructure for, for that? Does that fit into your, uh, your purview? Well, sure. PAC uh, actually recently uh, adopted a, um, a alternative fuels corridor report. And what it did is identified key locations where we could put those charging stations, where they would best serve the um, the majority. Um, these would be routes along the freeways where the where the range requirement for electric vehicles would be needing a charge. The purpose of doing this report was should the funding become available, we'll, we'll be already prepared to, um, to possibly even go shovel ready with some 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 um, some funding. Because the truth is, federal funding takes a, a while to to put into place. Um, you know, it spreads out over the course of many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it is important to, to plan ahead because you know sometimes time is of the essence. Uh, and then also, just being shovel ready allows you the flexibility of doing it now or uh, allowing it to um, strategically be placed with other projects to reduce the the funding cost. So basically, use your funds. And, uh, and time more efficiently. Is there any conversation about um, expanding streetcar route or, or moving it to, uh, or what would the next what would the next phase look like if, if that were ever to happen? The, the city of Tucson has done their um, moves Tucson um, master mobility plan identified some corridors where where a rail might be an option, but they're they're looking at more feasible things such as uh, bus rapid transit. If you can move similar, if not more, amount of people without having to invest in all the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of along the lines of a streetcar. You just don't have the you have a route that's dedicated. It's just not it's it's very immovable because it's it's not dug into the ground. You, you, exactly, you hit the nail on the head. It, it um, in many cases even spurs the same type of economic development. You'll see um, mixed use and, and higher density along routes that are that have been established as bus rapid transit. So you'll see similar effects as what you see on the streetcar, but you won't have the lofty price tag as, mm-hmm. as, um, as, as a streetcar or any other rail system would have. Now I'm wondering if we need to change our name to Life Along the Bus Rapid Transit System. Well, for now, you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. Welcome back. We're going to finish up the second half of our interview with David Mitchell from the Pima Association of Governments. Talked a little bit about the history of PAG in our community 
And in this next segment, we're going to talk about some upcoming events and including a, a survey where your input could help direct traffic uh, when it comes to uh, pedestrians and bicycles. The downtown links project, this bypass that's happening of downtown, major progress underway. Is that something that, that you can kind of share with us? Any details as to what's going on with that? I, I don't know the latest except for it is um, very difficult to, to cross over across um, the train tracks going from um, east to west in, into downtown. So I, I, if you're going down there, definitely check your routes. Um, the city of Tucson does a, a good job of posting the, the different enclosures. And also the, the RTA website will have information for it. That's uh, rta.org. Um, now, the downtown links project is, is, is huge for, for the area. It's, it's, it's improving the connectivity um, and, and of, of, of certain places around downtown. Um, for multi-modes, not just for automobiles, but for all the non-automobile users as well. Um, there's a lot of potential growth for the downtown region, but not necessarily that's what's going to be the issue. It's all the surrounded growth and the, the, um, the fact that the commute paths have been cutting through. And, and anyone familiar with downtown knows the, the amount of commute traffic that comes to downtown, especially during rush hour. And the downtown links will have, help to offset some of that. It's not going to be a high-speed parkway bypass, but it will be a second um, avenue that will allow for local traffic to find and get to their destinations without having to cut through downtown, so to speak. So it's it's kind of um, allowing more throughput with downtown links, but in, in addition to a lot of stormwater improvement. Yeah, that, Anytime that's... the monsoons would hit, you know that those two tunnels... Um, mm -hmm. The Sixth Avenue and the Stone Avenue ones would, would potentially be flooded, um, and, and this project is help, helping to take a lot of the runoff from that, and, and also all this new development that we're getting to take all the um, the storm drainage to directly to the Santa Cruz River underground. Uh, it seems like the pro this project, as well as a lot of the things that are coming from the city of Tucson, are looking at what you just described as sort of that non-vehicle traffic, and, and and is that really? break down to people that are walking and, and, and bicycling, or are there other non-vehicle those, 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 those are the primary categories, but you could also have the subcategories of the elderly and disabled. Um, there are also studies that show that um, low-income neighborhoods have um, areas where safety is a concern on the roadways for a lot of different factors, poor lighting, poor road conditions, um, the fact that uh, they're, they're or fewer sidewalks and investments made in infrastructure and and the fact that their mode might be either to walk, go on foot, or to use the new term out there is micromobility. So these are your e-scooters, your e-bikes, okay. uh, your other personal devices that move uh, without you having to use any physical exertion. Um, and even uh, uh, the, the pedal assist bikes. So there's a whole bunch of different classes within, within those. These are all different modes of transportation that would fit into the uh, pedestrian bicycle um, what we call alternative transportation or active transportation. So does this kind Those of are all modes and what we call of, of, of people that are not using automobiles. These are our vulnerable users, those that are at the greatest risk when using our road network if they were in the collision. They're at the greatest risk of being severely injured or, or unfortunately killed. 
So if I if I understand correctly, then does this kind of lead into what you're doing with the survey that that you you? That's right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of information that we know about automobile traffic. Um, we, we do know a lot about bicycle and pedestrian um, traffic and, and 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 whatnot, but that, that's all done through sensors and and video of, of our roadways. But we we need to know a little bit more. And so, Pat, what we do is uh, every year we do a the original bicycle and, and pedestrian count. So we have, uh, this year we have 50 designated locations throughout the, the region, um, and we track non-motorized travelers as they pass. Uh, we, we look at the rush hour time frame, so we have 7 to 9 a.m. in the mornings on weekdays, and 4 to 6 on, on weekends. That's the capture, mostly commute traffic. But we're also interested in our, our leisure and our recreational riders, so we, we also are looking at doing counts on weekends from from 7 to 10. What we do is an annual count. We, we, we try and look at not only volumes, but we look at behaviors in, in terms of safety. So we've been collecting data on helmet usage for the last 12 years. Also, we've been looking at, we've been collecting um, observations of people riding on sidewalks, riding on the wrong side of of the street against the flow of traffic, we, we observe those on our counts, and we we use that to analyze trends over time. And, and some of our findings, for example, like last year in 2020, we saw that we had 70% of our riders were, were wearing helmets. What was the percentage? 70%. 70% of our bicycle riders were wearing helmets, and that number alone doesn't tell you much. You know, is that good? Is that bad? Well, I can tell you in 2013, that number was 45%. Okay. So we've We've gone up 25 percentage points in, in just over, uh, just under 10 years' time, and so that's, that's a very positive trend. Um, what we also can can see is that unfortunately people are starting to ride more and more on sidewalks. Mm-hmm. There could be several reasons for that. One, that, that we are starting to install more sidewalks, um, but really, realistically, what it, what it might mean is that people feel safer on sidewalks or the the way our roads are and are designed. Um, or, or perhaps the, the type of education that goes out there. People are, are choosing to ride either illegally in some of our jurisdictions. I think it's illegal in the city of Tucson and on UVA campus to ride on sidewalks, for example. <clears throat> but in any regard, it could be it's a safety issue because you have an area where a pedestrian um, is not always anticipating a high-speed mm-hmm. bicycle um, or a, a, a vehicle might not. You're anticipating a bicycle be on the sidewalk and turn out in front of it, causing an accident. So there, there are reasons why we track this type of behavior. Um, it's, it's not to, um, to use any type of prosecution. We don't use it to educate or cite somebody on the spot. All we do is we, we just record that we observe the act, that activity, and then we use it to monitor the trends over time. And, and unfortunately, we've seen that that trend on, on the rise, riding on sidewalks, as well as riding against the flow of traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could also mean that we've seen a, a growth in bicycle ridership too. Where a lot more bike, bikes are out on the road these days, um, and that's that's a, 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 a great attribution to our, our our community and how we are a you know a bicycle friendly um, community. There's a lot of resources and facilities that that are um, meant for bicycles and pedestrians, and and, and so that that could play into it, but. Um, yeah, those you, are some of the things we look at through our count. More than just numbers. In this count, you said there's 50 places and multiple observation times. What, 
Uh, I'm assuming this is where you're looking for help. Yes, it's uh, we are a heavily uh, volunteer-driven program. We have over, like I said, 50 sites, but the shifts um, add up to over 185 shifts. So there's morning and afternoon and, and a weekend shift. And we have um, a great need for the community's help in, in volunteering for this. Uh, traditionally, we get about 80% of our uh, locations covered by volunteers, and, and it takes about 400 to 500 hours for us to form um, an annual count. So it gives you an idea of of where we would be without our volunteers. So shout out to all of those who have helped us in the past. I know there's, there's, there's several that do this every year, and, and I love it. I'm sure they, they, they love it, and that's why they come back. But um, if you haven't tried it before, maybe this, this is the time to do it, because right now, today is the first day uh, we have our, our count going on, and it's going to last until November 7th. And all you have to do is to, to, to do a count is sign up on our website. We have a self-guided a PDF training packet um, it, it tells you how to, to use a, a worksheet and how to record uh, the, the observations that we're looking for onto it. Um, you just go to our website, you pick a location, you'll, um, and then at that location, you'll pick a shift. And then for, for that shift time at that location, you'll be the only one counting for it. And you have the, the flexibility to perform that one count anytime during the, uh, the, our, our six-week period. So we're going on November 7th. So as long as you, you sign up and do your, your one count anytime before that date, um, it's, 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 it's golden. And we have some people who are um, really enthusiastic, and I love their support. They, uh, we have a couple of people have, who are approaching 10 locations. So I'm, I'm going to be checking in to make sure they're able to handle it because I don't want to overburden them. But uh, help them out. and um, Go to our website. It's pagregion.com, P A G. R-E-G-I-O-N dot com um, and look for the, the, the bicycle pedestrian count information and, and click the links to go sign up there. And we'll of course link to that from, from our Facebook page and uh, I think there's a flyer that I saw you put out. We'll put a poster of that on our um, on our Facebook page as well with some more information. Well David, this is great to catch up with you. I haven't talked with you in some time and uh, it's amazing work that's happening in our region and you know we're I think we all uh, wish construction projects were all done immediately and didn't take any time or planning, but I appreciate that you and uh, your team as well as others are out there thinking about. That, that said, I, uh, Tucson is wonderful. Uh, thanks for all you do, Tom, and for you promoting um, the, the streetcar districts and the downtown. And thank right. you. Well, thank you. And uh, keep us updated on any other any of your projects that you got going on. All right. Wonderful. Thanks for the opportunity, everyone. Have a good day. All right. Thanks, David. That was David Mitchell of the Pima Association of Governments, the uh, Transportation Planning Department uh, of this regional planning organization. Kind of an interesting cross-section of a variety of different groups here in the general area. My name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity.
Well, that's going to do it here for episode number 173. Thank you to David Mitchell for spending a little bit of time in between your traffic counts. And if you want to support that effort, uh, head over to our Facebook page. Uh, we'll, we'll have the links to um, the Pima Association of Government so you can find out more about the, the survey and uh, register as a volunteer if you would like. As you're out clicking around, maybe head over to our website, downtownradio.org, and uh, take a look at our schedule of things that are coming up. You know, our radio station, it's community-sponsored, and it is run by volunteers, and it was founded with an emphasis on mental health. And on October is one of those months that has a lot of uh, days and weeks focused on a variety of, um, uh, of mental health awareness. Uh, it's the National Depression and Mental Health Screening Month. It includes OCD Awareness Week, National Depression Screening Day, World Mental Health Day, um, ADHD Awareness Week. So a lot of things happening this month. And of course, this is a year-round effort for the folks involved with those uh, those programs. We just highlight it during the month of October, and some, I think, in the month of May is also a, a Mental Health Awareness Month. I invite you to head over to our website and take a listen uh, for the show that comes on not right after us. Right after us is uh, Ted Ski with his um, Ted Przelski uh, with his uh, words and work, where he interviews writers and others from the labor movement. And then following him at noon every Sunday is. Uh, Heavy Mental. This is a show with Ty Logan that discusses uh, mental health, not just with stats, but from uh, a perspective of some uh, so, someone that knows what they're talking about. It's um, it's an honest show, and he has different guests on about um, about a variety of topics. So I invite you to head over to our website if you'd like to learn more about Ty Logan or his show Heavy Mental, which is going to air here in just about 30 minutes right after words and work. If you uh, have a topic for us to cover here on Life Along the Streetcar, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. You can send us an email, contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. Please do like and share our posts and tag us on things you think we should know about. And of course, if, uh, if there's that hidden gem out there, something we should be talking about, please get that in front of us and we'll do what we can to, to highlight that hidden gem. Well, we've talked a lot about transportation today. We've talked a lot about bicycling, so I thought it would be appropriate to leave you with a little, little Sunday music today from Lou Adder. It's a song I like. It's an instrumental from 2013. The name of the album, the name of the song are, are the same. You're listening to Riding a Bicycle. Well, my name is Tom Heath. I hope you have a great weekend. Tune in next Sunday for more life along the streetcar.